welcome again to the Real Collective Podcast, the real estate podcast where we talk about real estate in a podcast. I'm Brendan McKeegan. With me, as always, is Sean Tasse. Sean, how are you today, my friend? You know what, Brendan? As I say often, any better, and I would cancel my OHIP. Wonderful. To our American friends that are listening, that's when your country takes care of you. Uh, <laughs> it sounds really harsh right off the get-go, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's so funny. Like, what do you mean? What's wrong with your OHIP? <laughs> yeah. Do Canadians have an OHIP and like an F-HIP? Am I, yeah, it's, 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 as you walk, it says of, of, of. Yeah, exactly. Of hip. Anyway, the important thing is uh, that we're doing well. And uh, beautiful weather lately, which is wonderful. Which leads to a changing in the market. And it leads to some people maybe daydreaming a little bit. Yeah, man. It's uh... including the realtors. And I thought that's what we would talk about today is, is uh, maybe your realtor leaving money on the table. Hot fire spitting out. So yeah, the question is, uh, when you're on the selling side and you receive an offer, how, as an agent, do you work that offer? Right? How, do you, yeah. how do you squeeze it for as much as you can? How do you negotiate for the, for the benefit of your seller client to ensure that you're getting them um, not just a done deal, but a done deal and, like you say, not leave any money on the table? Exactly. It's, 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 you know, it's negotiations. That's really what we're paid for. It's, it's a skill. And uh, the good agents are earning their commission, uh, you know, by, by doing this well and by doing it right. And the bad agents um, aren't. And the problem is, you know, whether or not your agent does the work if you're a seller and you don't know if your agent's doing the work or not you get a sale you might just be satisfied with hey i sold it for the list price that's great you know or i sold it for twenty thousand dollars less than it was listed for but you know my agent overturned every stone worked every potential lead on it did everything they could to try to maximize the money for my property and that's the thing is some do and some don't and, you know, we're part of a, a bunch of different realtor forums where we hear agents complaining, hey, this house sold, you know, one day on market or zero days on market or the first day that it hit the market. And I would, you know, I would have bought it for myself and paid more if I would have had a chance to come to the table with it. Um, you know, so I think a lot of it has to do with um, this idea of, the prices are coming down and so you have to sell uh quickly and just take take whatever you can get um you know we started doing our monthly market updates referring not only to the changes in year over year but also to the changes in month over month so you could see okay well sure the prices might be down year over year but they're actually up month over month we're starting to see some more seasonality hitting right we're starting to see the prices coming up as all of this snow melts uh you know and and you know there's more buyers out there now right there's there there seem to be more more people who are out there looking and you've got to work all of those leads when you're when you're the selling agent um because there might be somebody who you you know, who's willing to offer more than the offer that you've got in, in, in play. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is we're getting to see a little bit more stability in the market, like just 
you know, like you said, we're getting into spring market, we're getting into a month over month increase. And that's kind of typical of the spring market. And, you know, homes are going close to, if not slightly above asking price, uh, depending on your strategies, obviously, you list a house for a dollar, you're going to get what the house is worth. So, <laughs> but it's true, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that sometimes like, oh, okay, so they got an offer and that was it. Like, did they, that's great to hear, but did your realtor call around and everything? Oh yeah, they did. They, they called everyone who showed the house to see, told them that we had an offer and if they were interested to put it in. Great. Fantastic. Cause it's not like it's that difficult of a thing to do um, or shouldn't be anyway. Uh, and I think that's part of service. Like that's part of what you're doing for your client. Like, and especially when people do have to sell in a hurry, sometimes, you know, that's the strategy, especially around this time, you've got military postings that are going out and people have to like sell their home quick. And sometimes that means you get a little bit of a bargain on a house. So on the buying side of things, at least. Yeah. Well, I, that's, that's why we never like to represent the, the buyer and the seller for the same property, because we're obviously always trying to sell our listings for as much as we can. And we're trying to help our buyers sell the property for, you know, help them buy for the, the lowest price that they can. And obviously those two things can't happen simultaneously on the same house. Uh, but you know, they just, uh, they posted the rates earlier this week. We're recording this week. Uh, this video will be posted next week. Uh, but they posted the rates earlier this week and there's again, no change in the, uh, in the bank of Canada overnight rate. And what that means is that variable rates uh, for the second, uh, announcement time in a row do not go up after going up. I think it was eight times in a row. So another exciting, uh, uh um, sort of opportunity here, where buyer sentiment will likely continue to pick up as we hit the spring market. Um, and so there's there's a bit of a disconnect here where I think some buyers still think, oh, well, I've got time to wait. I can, you know, not worry about it too much. And, you know, I'll, I'll be patient and the right place will come. Um, the problem is if the right place comes, it's probably the right place for other people as well. And so you kind of have to action it sooner rather than later, or else you'll miss out on that perfect home for you and your family. Right. Um, the, the, the idea of the general public thinking, Oh, well, prices are going down. So I, you know, if I just keep waiting, then I'll be fine. I don't think we're going to see the prices go down again until they've gone up. And that's going to be based on a typical market seasonality. Right. Um, yeah. So I, 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 especially with the rates holding still. I think if the rates would have gone up, then that might have had a negative impact on the prices as we saw last year. But the rates holding still is going to likely leave um, the prices to work their typical seasonality. Um, and, and there's even talk that either towards the end of this year or at the beginning of the next year, that the rates will be going down and that will have a further positive impact on prices. Now, I've also spoken with someone who said, hey, uh, you know, you need to buy as much as you can in 2024, 2025, and 2026 um, because you know real estate prices will all be coming down. Um, and I think that that might be true Canada wide, but we're always a little bit different here in Ottawa, where we're sort of yeah. more. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If you need to buy a house, or if you need to move, uh, you know, this year or next year, I wouldn't use that as a reason to not to not to not move. Um, yeah, we've got a few different stories that I've heard from agents about um, houses that are selling 
where the listing agent is not working the offer. And I can tell you, and I'll, we'll get in maybe in the second half about the the different um, the different particular stories that happened where. I've heard that, hey, there's money left on the table and it could be a, a good amount of money. So uh, we'll get into that in the second half. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting market that we're in right now. I think a lot of people are confused about what's going on. And uh, as a result, um, people aren't doing the right things, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think on both sides, and maybe maybe that's more of a second half thing that we get into is on the buyer side of things. I feel like realtors are kind of coming to terms with home pricing and what the market's actually doing as opposed to, you know, maybe the end of 2022 when it, everything was changing so much and like, well, what do we put the houses at? And that's why they sat there for so long. The market changed so quickly and so rapidly that there was a little bit of questions like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And I mean... We had some good success there as far as saying, okay, well, what's happening right now? Let's look at mortgage rates. What's what's that comparable to pre-COVID? Okay, well, let's price the homes like that. Um, and maybe we're seeing a little bit more of that still. Uh, and we're just seeing a little bit more balancing out. But now it's it's starting to ride steady. And like you said, for buyers, that's gonna mean that's gonna mean a little bit of a speedier process for you when you do see a home that you like. So we're getting a little bit back to maybe that not not quite SWAT team mentality, because I don't know that we're getting into, you know, 14, 15 offers on a place um, that's priced reasonable. Um, but you might end up in a situation where it's you and somebody else. I yeah. think that's pretty, pretty easy right now. Yeah. And the difference is if you were in if you were one of two people last year, for example, in an offer process, um, you might pay a hundred thousand dollars more than the place is listed for. Now, if you're one of two people, you might pay, you know, a thousand or five thousand dollars more than the place is listed for. Yeah. Big, big change there. And I think, you know, realistically, the houses that are priced uh either aggressively or well are selling uh, quickly. And the 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 places that are not priced well uh, aren't selling or have to come down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I would agree there. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's take a little break. Uh, we'll hear from us about something because we're very good at that. And uh, maybe we'll put some reels in. We'll see. We'll see. That being said, uh, if you have been enjoying the podcast, please like, subscribe, and share the channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. And if you want to talk to Sean or I, our Calendly links are below. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back in the second half of the Real Collective Podcast. If you're thinking about investing or you'd like to get a really deep understanding about the particularities about what it takes to be a successful investor and what's happening right now in the world of real estate investing in Ottawa, you've got to watch this video. Now what? Click that link right down below. You can see the entire podcast where we get into the nitty gritty of it all. And you can also click the link below to schedule an appointment directly with me if you'd like to start your investment journey. As always, feel free to give a call. The phone number 1-888-REAL-585. And until then, keep it real, collective. Welcome back to the second half, everybody, of the Real Collective Podcast. Today, we're discussing whether or not we or your realtor or anybody is leaving money on the table. Uh, either as a seller, as a realtor, whatever it happens to be. Um, and to prove that, prove it, to reinforce it, uh, we're going to look at a couple of <laughs> case studies. 
<laughs> Let's look at some case studies and uh, click the link below. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like every bad training seminar. <laughs> That's what we are. We'll take a look at a case study. The first house was on 123 Main Street. It had a price of $700,000. The seller opted to sell quickly for well below asking. What could the realtor have done? <laughs> and that's how they always play out. And then it takes so long to get through them. Uh, whatever line of work you're in, I feel like everyone's gone through those like training things where you just have to sit there and watch like a flash presentation <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't do anything about it until it finishes or gets to the end. And, yeah. then, and then you go to press it and it's just lag face. Yeah. Right? Like, mm, great. Now I I'm feel like there should be an I know button. <laughs> I know. Oh, all right. Does it sound right. like so? Uh, that being said, to uh, get ourselves back on track, is um, there's been a couple of uh, scenarios that have happened where maybe uh, maybe some money was left, maybe maybe something happened, and uh, we'll thought we'd dive into them. I think I think to to start with, um, you know, we've been around long enough and been involved with enough sort of transactions to see how other realtors uh, work their business. And I think the way that we work our selling business is among the best in the city. So just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it because I've, I've seen it. And, and, and what we do is when an offer is received, we don't just send a, a blast email, which is sort of the, the baseline that, that realtors do, send out a blast email, say, hey, we received an offer. If you'd like to submit an offer, uh, you know, let us know. We also call every single person who's shown, either shown interest or shown the property. And so whether that's a lead that we generated or a realtor uh, who showed the property to a, to a client, we go through and we call all of those people directly to say, hey, you know what, are you interested? Because they might have said that they weren't interested today and then tomorrow they change their mind or they, oh, well, hey, I'm interested, but I'm not ready, right? Who knows? And so that's, I think that's one thing that actually sets us apart. And we expect every, the problem is that we have is that we expect everybody else to operate in the same fashion and they don't. Uh, and this is this is a, a, a drawback for, for the realtor. And again, you know, different realtors have different strategies and different people can do different things. And this isn't a, a slight against any particular agent, but it has to do with service, with the level of service. And I, I worry that this comes off as a, as a sales pitch. Um, but I don't think that, I think that the general public believes that realtors all operate the same way. Uh, yeah. and, and, and they don't. And that's what I'm trying to impress upon you. And like I said, the basic baseline uh, uh, is that, hey, you know what? An e-blast will get sent to everybody who's shown interest. But sometimes that's not even done. And, yeah. and I think that's where people start to get really upset about it because there was a Facebook post where uh, you know a, a, a realtor in town here said, I was interested in buying this property for myself. And it was just came on the market the property was was posted and i i reached out to the realtor to try and uh, you know schedule a showing see if they had any offers no response and you know the, the property just came out that day i went to go and look at it at one o'clock and i found out from their uh from their assistant or something like that that the property had an offer and it was being presented at four and so i think the earliest that agent was able to get an offer to them was something like 330 and so she sent the offer in at 330 and then the agent only at that point let her know oh sorry 
we've sent the counter offer back to the other person at 3.30. So too bad, so sad. And of course, that other person accepted the counter offer. And so this agent, even though they were willing to offer, you know, ultimately ten dollars or $15,000 more than what it sold for, they didn't get it. Now, the question is, did that realtor send that offer to their client? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. If they did, that client would be livid about the fact that they were given the wrong advice. If they didn't, then they're not doing what they're legally supposed to do, which is pass along any offers received to the, to the, to the client. Um, and sometimes the realtor does that just to save face, you know, uh, which you're not supposed to do. And the rules and the, and the laws are broken. And the problem is there's not a lot of um, consistency, right? Every agent is able to operate and, and, and work their business however they want to. Uh, and the oversight is lax, unfortunately, in this business. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, but it's, it's you know, it's the harsh reality, um, you know. You're dealing with people's homes. Uh, you know, that's, it's the largest investment you'll ever make. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, it's hard to say you're going to get in trouble for calling out people that are messing with people's lives like that. You know, like, that's uh, yeah. malpractice. That's malpractice, really. Like if you want, whatever you want to call it, it's, I mean, it's not medical, but still. Yeah. Well, like, it's financial. Um, right. And the, yeah, the, the, the problem is uh, as, as ethical realtors, it's not on us to call out anybody's business practice or any other agents. So anyways, if I get in trouble, so be it. Whistleblower, yeah. uh, toot toot. So another scenario is uh, there was a property, a tenanted property that hit the market uh, in one of the outlying towns, uh, and it was a tenant-occupied property. And of course, as a result, you need to book uh, a showing with 24-hour notice to give notice to the tenants. And so one of the agents on the team actually booked a booked a showing for that property to show it to an investor. And uh, the, you know, whatever, let's say it came out on a Wednesday at four o'clock, and his showing was booked for Thursday at five, like it was one of the first possible showings uh, that 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 that, you know, that could that could get going. And the before he could go and show it, the property was conditionally sold. So so it's, so it's like, okay, well, the property was conditionally sold on Thursday at three. And so his showing Thursday at five got canceled. And, you know, the list price on that property was two eighty nine nine, right? And is there a chance that if that listing agent could have had, let's say, three or four people through, and there was even two people who wanted to bid on that property, is there a chance that it might have sold for, you know, 301 or 305 or something like that? Absolutely. Right. And that has everything to do with the listing agent running the show properly and, you know, how really how to work an offer and how to negotiate and how to, you know, bob and weave in such a way that your seller client benefits. Because $15,000, you know, is exactly the payable commission on that house. Right. So the like the full the full going rate. And all you have to do is work the deal properly, is manage the system properly, is to get more people in. Hey, great. Thanks for your offer. We're going to delay it. Of course, ultimately, it does become the seller's choice, what they want to do. But a lot of the times, the seller is going to rely on the agent. Hey, what, what should we do in this scenario? And, you know, 
if if you've got seven or eight showings lined up and you've got a full price offer on day one before anybody's even had a chance to see it, the advice that you're giving to your clients is is you know pretty, you know maybe maybe you want to just wait on this one or like string them along a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I can't. It's hard to fathom that this is being done, you know, like. <laughs> Like professional realtors are just saying, yeah, you know what? I just want to get this place sold. I just want to get this done and over with. And they're looking at it maybe on a more selfish level than professional level. Yeah. You add another one in. I can't imagine not wanting multiple offers because that's just going to clean up any kind of offer. Maybe not entirely, but a little bit, you would hope. And again, you hear the general public saying, oh, well, you know, I had a realtor and they sold it fast. And, uh, you know, you guys just want to price it low, sell it fast, get your money and get out. We heard that multiple times from multiple different, you know, seller clients. And it's the reputation that we have as a result of this is how some people operate, unfortunately. Uh, one one more case study to hit you up with is um, there was a property that was, um, you know, again, another multi-unit building in one of the outlying areas that, um, that Elliot, one of the agents on the team, wanted to buy. It was priced at three seventy five, dollars um, and it was, you know, on the market and you know, he went to go and show it and show an interest in it uh, before it sold and said, hey, you know what, I'd like to put an offer on this property. No response back, no call back from the agent. They had an offer. They didn't call him and tell him, hey, we've got an offer. Would you like to submit? Nothing. No communication. And so it sold. It, it sold. It firmed up. And, uh, you know, closing was supposed to happen, whatever it was, uh, you know, a week or two ago. And uh, the people who bought it didn't close. And so you know, oh, wow, okay, it's back in the mix. This is great. So books are, showing, books are showing, goes to go and look at the property. And uh, lo and behold, oh, hey, you know, I've got, uh, I've got three offers on the property. Okay, well, you know, do you want to ask me for an offer? Like, is there, you know, and I've got three offers on the property. This is the day it comes back onto the market. And, you know, no chance, again, no chance for Elliot to submit his offer. And, you know, is there a chance that he would have paid? It was listed at 375. Is there a chance he would have paid four and a quarter? Maybe. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Uh, <laughs> you can find his calendar link below. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to hear the whole story, there's there's likely more to it than that. But again, it's it's a it's a it's a listing agent who's dropping the ball. You know, and don't want to say the property of the listing agent because I don't want to, you know, throw anybody under the bus, but this is the problem for the general public. This is what people don't see. This is the, these are the results that they're getting that nobody is sort of pointing a light to because the reality is their perception is their reality. And Hey, I sold it right away. I listed it for 375. My agent told me that's what it's worth. It sold for 375. I'm happy. Right. But is there money left on the table because the agent is just doing the bare minimum and using the, oh, it's a slow market as an excuse to say, hey, you get what you get and don't be upset. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I would think one of the best questions you can probably ask a realtor when you're meeting with them about listing your house is once we have an offer what do you do? Yeah. 
Now, what do I do? But like, what, what's your process? Oh, I'm glad you asked. So what, if we get an offer, uh, obviously I'm going to look at it. I'm going to tell you that we have an offer. I'm going to tell you, we can go over it, but then what I'm going to do is call everybody who's shown the house and let them know that we have an offer. See if they're interested in submitting one. And then we wait. So it's a little bit of a waiting game. And if they do submit, great. Then we're in multiple offers. I can call that first person back, offer number one, and say, hey, I've got another offer. Would you like to revise? And go from there. And 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 in that conversation, tact and skill will win out every time. So when you're calling the other agents, what do you do and what do you say as an agent to drum up those other offers? Right. Because you can just say, hey, I've got another offer. Um, and you know, maybe it's a great offer, maybe it's a so-so offer. Maybe if there's a thing that you can say that will get someone to actually come to the table as opposed to saying, ah, you know what, no, we're not gonna compete. Maybe there's a way that you can get somebody to come to the table and you know, and and at first either it bumps up the first offer or the second offer comes in better, or or you know, maybe they end up playing a game together. Like there's a lot of skill and tact that's required in negotiations as you get to that point. And that's where really that's where your your listing agent earns their keep, right? Uh I know that I can negotiate for my seller clients better than what I charge for my rate. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you net more. Bingo. <laughs> That's all it is. And I mean, when you talk about getting that second offer or shopping it around or whatever it is, now you're basically saying, hey, listen, we talked about this and we've talked about what uh, commission paid out is. And obviously, you know that now we've got another offer and it's almost as if that commission's being covered now. Right. So yep. ask yep. the questions of your realtor. Find out what their game plan is and make sure that they're implementing it. And it's tough as a client or a consumer to uh, to know that you should be relying on your realtor um, or just hire us and don't worry about it. Or, you know, what? <laughs> Whatever. don't hire us. Just hire someone who's good. That's all that, that, you know, it doesn't even have to be great. Just at least please hire someone that's good. That's, yeah. that's all. That's all. But if you do want to hire someone that's great, our calendar links. <laughs> that's right. They're both below. Uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap things up. Uh, that's that's the program, everybody. Uh, so don't be shy about asking your realtor all the questions. Um, we're used to it. And if they're getting defensive about them, maybe they have something to hide. I don't know. Just saying. Listen, this has been a lot of fun. But if you're having a good time and you want some more, Go back and uh, check out some of the other episodes on our YouTube channel. Uh, we really appreciate that. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the channel. And download us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That would be fantastic. And there's Sean's waving hand going all the way around the room. Uh, if you're listening to this, you didn't see it. More reason to subscribe on YouTube. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up. I'm Brendan McKeegan. This is Sean Tasse. Until the next one, keep it real. Collective.